0: is imposter syndrome a problem or is it an indication that you're doing something that is for you, that is new for you? It's a growth season. That then becomes the question because imposter syndrome is painted as something that we need to get rid of, we need to overcome. It needs to be something we do not like. We want to dismiss it out of our lives. But really, what if we was inviting it into our lives more because we know if I feel like, oh, this is a bit too much for me, Or, this is something I don't confidently feel like I can fully do. Doesn't that therefore mean that that's a growth season that you're in? You're going into a space that's new, something you need to learn the skill of, you need to get more confident in, and you need to grow. You're listening to the Free From Burnout podcast with Ashley Fraser. This is a space where you come every other week to learn more about what it means to celebrate your everyday emotions. And by doing that, that's what helps you build a life that's free from burnout. And the best part is, you don't have to do it alone. Because over here, we believe when you're feeling calm, collective, and confident in showing all the faces of your emotions, you can handle anything. So let's let the stress take a back seat and welcome in today's episode. Hey, welcome to episode 11. Can you believe we're on episode 11? I am so proud. (laughs) I hope you are too. And thank you for listening to up to 11 episodes. And if you're brand new around here, please go back and listen to the last 10 episodes. So this week, we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So I feel like imposter syndrome is something that spoke about so much, like you're going to know exactly what that means, how it feels at times. And you'll see so many people, anything to do with personal development, you're going to be hearing about imposter syndrome. In a big way. So, this episode, I wanted to uncover the five different ways that imposter syndrome can show up. So, you're able to easily identify it within yourself. And sometimes I know, based on personal experience, that sometimes imposter syndrome does not rear its head, obviously, it can be very, very subtle. And you could be questioning a lot of things. And then if you speak to someone, especially a coach or someone that can recognise the symptoms and the signs of it, they will be like, oh, sounds like a bit like imposter syndrome. And you're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I never saw that. So that's happened to me multiple times. Hence the reason why I wanted to do this episode because I feel like the more educated we are in regards to recognising the signs and the symptoms of imposter syndrome, the more we're able to behave accordingly. So we're able to overcome it. We're able to do things to be able to actually do the things that we want to do or feel better, more comfortable, or confident about the things that we want to do. Really, imposter syndrome is defined by feeling like a fraud and you kind of feel like you don't deserve the things you've achieved. So that Broad like symptom can probably show up. Say, for example, if you're going for a new job, right? I know you have businesses, but you also could be working nine to five. So if you're going for a new job and you have a look at a job description and then you have it, and women are notorious for this. I used to work in a professional membership and it was specifically about helping women to get on board member positions. And there's a statistic that shows that women over men are more likely to not apply for a job if they don't think that their experience ticks every single box that's listed in the job description. Whereas men will see like two or three um apply for the job and they have that level of confidence. Should we say that they can, like, yeah, I can do it, I can blag the rest of it. But with women, we're very Specific, and we will not want to come across or pretend or overpromise something from a skill perspective, as it's based on how we think about ourselves and our skills to someone else for a job. So we'll rather just be like, Well, it's not for me. We kind of count ourselves out a lot, which is the reason why there's such a gap when it comes to women having higher paid jobs versus men there's a lot more men that have senior management positions or CEO positions within a company just because women are not putting ourselves we don't put ourselves forward to one have our voice heard two to be seen and three to stand out so we are not putting our hands up for promotions or we're not putting our hands up to be like I can do that next level job despite the fact that I may not on paper have exactly the right skills and experiences that they're asking for however in reality we can actually do the role but we don't give ourselves that chance to be able to put ourselves forward because we immediately count ourselves out and this is a really big way imposter syndrome can show up and it's not on here (laughs) not on my list but just to describe like feeling like a fraud and that feeling of I don't have enough skills to be able to apply for this role if you was to apply for the role believing that you didn't have the right skills then you will naturally feel like this is not where I should be like that feeling of like I'm imposing myself on someone in somewhere in this job. That's a depiction of what imposter syndrome can feel like. And I'm sure you can definitely relate to something like that, especially when it comes to a job. I feel like that's one of the most common ways where imposter syndrome really does show up. And then the next layer to that is then when you decided you wanted to start your business, even if it was one of those things where you fell into it, you were freelancing first and then it's just kind of snowballed. And even as a freelancer, even if you have 20 years experience in the thing that you're then freelancing, you're naturally, because it's so new, it's such a new area and you don't have that confidence, that comfortability that you would say in a nine to five job that you've been in for how long or an industry that you've built an experience in for so long, you have that confidence. But when you go into business, even if you're doing the same role, there's still a level of imposter syndrome that shows up because it's something new. So this begs to differ that is imposter syndrome a problem? Or is it an indication that you're doing something that is for you, that is new for you. It's a growth season. That then becomes the question because imposter syndrome is painted as something that we need to get rid of. We need to overcome. It needs to be something we do not like. We want to dismiss it out of our lives. But really, what if we was inviting it into our lives more? Because we know if I feel like, oh, this is a bit too much for me or this is something I don't confidently feel like I can fully do doesn't that therefore mean that that's a growth season that you're in you're going into a space that's new something you need to learn the skill of you need to get more confident in and you need to grow to me imposter syndrome then becomes a measurement of success of like if you're not feeling like an imposter you're clearly too comfortable (laughs) that's actually how imposter syndrome is useful for you is actually therefore something you want to remain in your life and not for you to dismiss it so before I go completely off topic let me just rewind back to the different ways that imposter syndrome can show up and then we're able to take that and then put that towards a goal that you are wanting to achieve. Self-doubt is a really big way that imposter syndrome shows up. So again, if we go with the starting a new business example, self-doubt is something where you're going to completely doubt yourself. (laughs) You're going to be like, you're going to go through different stages. And if you haven't done it yet, then this is what's coming. But if you have and you're listening, you know exactly what I'm saying because as soon as you decide, okay, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to go freelance and it doesn't even have to be as big as a business as freelance, like, oh, I'm going to start doing accounts. Oh, I want to do bookkeeping. I want to get some clients for my new interior design business, or I want to freelance graphic design. Like it can come up in different ways. But ultimately, what you're doing is you're starting a business. That's what you're doing. So self-doubt naturally may be triggered, because one, you're doing something very new. And a lot of the time when you start a business, you ultimately have to sell yourself. Especially if it's a service-based business, you have to sell yourself. It's a product-based business. You have to really believe in the product, of course, which therefore means it takes you to believe in the product and especially if it's something that's quite close to your heart say for example you started a business that does creams and it's really good for like eczema and dry skin and say that you personally have gone through that journey where you struggled with eczema or inflamed skin and it was a really personal journey to you so you decided that you know throughout your journey you've know what works you started to put things together and you create this cream that does really, really well. And now you want to sell it. Despite the fact that it's a product, you have a personal attachment to that product, which therefore means you're putting yourself out there through a product. It may not be your face, but the product almost represents you at the beginning. So even if it is a service space, which is technically your name, your personal brand, who you are and the service you provide, but then also on the flip side, as a product, you could have a very strong emotional attachment to that product because there's some journey, personal story that has led you to be like, this is the product that I really believe in and I really want to sell. So either way, you're putting yourself out there. And then when we put ourselves out there, we naturally are then open to judgment, criticism, opinions, and the biggest opinion and judgment that we get is whether or not someone buys are service or product or not, and when someone buys that, they say yes, I agree with you, I like you, I believe in you. But when they don't buy, we can make it mean I don't believe in you, I don't like you, and I don't want it. <laughs> and in reality, it is they don't want it because they haven't seen the value in it, or they're the wrong customer. You know. So we're not going to go into business <laughs> coaching right now. However, the point is. Self-doubt will show up via the different sentences in your brain and what it offers you based on a particular action that you're taking. So again, we put ourselves out there, we're opening ourselves up to criticism, opinions and judgment. So then with that, depending on what we want to make each of them mean, our brain is going to offer us, well, maybe it's not for you, or maybe you should stop, or maybe you should do it like that person, but you can't really do that well. Maybe you should just quit. Maybe you should go and find a job. Maybe you should try it tomorrow. Whatever it is, these sentences are causing you to doubt yourself, to doubt your ideas, to doubt what it is that you thought was going to be a success. And it's not to say that it's not going to be, 100% will be, but this is a way that imposter syndrome can come up through the lens of self-doubt. When you're thinking about something, so you have that goal, you have that business, you want to sell that product or service, and then you are coming up with sentences that feel very judgmental, then that is a little warning sign, waving a flag, that imposter syndrome is coming up. It's triggering. It's being triggered because imposter syndrome is a trigger. It's triggered because it's based on, like the description says, and you don't, deserve the things that you've achieved so when you have done what you've done even if you're starting your business from the very beginning you've achieved things in life for you to have the idea that oh I can help someone else I can give this product to someone else to help them in the problem that they have and it's a solution that you have created service or product to be able to help them so really imposter syndrome comes down to your self-esteem Your self image and your self worth, like those three areas, that's truly what imposter syndrome comes down to. And truly, that's there for the different faces of you from a subconscious level. It's the different faces of you and those hidden beliefs that are from your childhood, from experiences, from old traumas, from so many different experiences that you've had up until this point that your subconscious has locked away and believes to be true, and protects it, and feeds your brain with these doubtful thoughts that are there to quote-unquote protect those beliefs, those hidden subconscious beliefs that your being believes to be true. And then that's where the imposter syndrome thoughts or the imposter syndrome behaviors are coming from. It's coming from that core place. So another way that imposter syndrome can show up is through undervaluing your progress. So, again, say for example, we go with the business example, and say you kind of got past the self doubt, You're like, all oh, right, do you know what? It's fine. I unrecognize that I'm being super harsh on myself, and those are not true. I'm going to keep pushing forward. So, you know, you start putting yourself out there, whether it's social media, you start talking to people, networking. And then you get a couple of clients, which is great, your first few clients. And then you hit a brick wall where you are progressing, but you're not seeing your progress as valuable. You're not seeing the fact that you've gone from zero to two clients as enough. You're not seeing that you've gone from zero to 25 people on your email list as enough you're not seeing that you're going from zero to a hundred followers on Instagram as enough you're undervaluing the progression that you've that you have made and you've seen it as more of a failure than a success because when you compare to others in the industry and they've got three four five ten times more People following them, clients in perception, people on their email list, all of these things, views on their videos and TikToks and Reels and things, and you've got like a hundred. You compare and be like, "Whoa, this is clearly not enough. It's not. I'm not doing good enough. I'm not progressing quick enough." And that is also another way that imposter syndrome can show up, because again, it's all coming from your unconscious self so it's coming from the self-worth pot and if that already feels low then anything you do any progression you make is never going to be enough because at your core you believe i'm not enough i'm not doing enough and it will come out in different ways i'm not doing enough i don't know enough i'm not qualified enough i'm not good enough clients haven't got enough followers haven't got enough subscribers haven't got enough money (laughs) like all the different tunes that your self-worth will play when it's triggered by feeling like a fraud like you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing so then also on another way it can show up is sabotaging your success now this one's quite It's quite subtle because this is something I struggle with. (laughs) I struggle with this quite a bit because I can recognize that I've got a certain pattern. And it's something I've been working through for a few years now. It's something I've noticed. It's something that I really have to really try hard to overcome in the moment of when I notice it or in the season of when I notice it. But sometimes because it's so subconscious and unconscious, I can't always pick it up. But sabotaging your success is an absolute big one because it's not loud and flashy in your face. Whereas self-doubt is like, sometimes you can just think that's just how I think. But if you really start being a bit more aware of yourself, you'll start to feel it in your body. You'll start to recognize the same kind of feeling that you get when you do something so it could become very habitual so it's very it's easier to recognize I believe especially if you are become more aware of it after listening to this podcast you may become more aware of it a way that this can come up is that if you know that you need to be held accountable and In your business, you need to write a blog, for example, for marketing. And you know that, you know, writing blogs are not really a thing that you like to do. I'm talking from experience. (laughs) And you know that it's going to help you grow your business, get more searchability, visibility, all the things. But you purposely decide, okay, I'm going to do it every single week. Knowing that accountability is a tendency that you need to be able to complete something, especially something you're really not super confident in, kind of quite uncomfortable doing, and you don't seek support. When you set that deadline of every single Wednesday, I want to be able to release a blog on my website about whatever. But you haven't put in any accountability. I.e. for someone else to be able to check in with you to make sure that actually have you done this or you know are you on track or are we good to go and you kind of just do it on your own but really you know that you're not really going to uphold this commitment because you know yourself you know that you don't really want to do it you don't feel comfortable doing it so of course you're going to procrastinate and you're going to find a million other things to do you're going to leave it to the very last minute and you may just be like "Mm, maybe I'll just miss this week so this is an example of sabotaging your success because one you know that blogging is really helpful and you know that it's something that's going to help your business grow which is your aim that's your success that's your matrix of success that's how you can measure it, how many blogs you're putting out, therefore, how many links you're putting in if you're affiliated, or you know, and then you're able to measure how many views you have, like you are able to create data from this action. However, you know yourself, and you know that uh one, I don't like to write. <laughs> Two, you find it difficult to hold commitments to yourself. You can do it for other people. We have a tendency, we all have different tendencies and a tendency that I personally have is that I have to be held accountable to someone else and I know for anything the world can be coming to an end I'll make sure that I will get that thing done at that particular time to that person no matter what but if I was to just do it by myself and be like yeah I'm just going to do this every week then I know that I will push the boundaries and be like, yeah, I just don't feel like it this week, or I'll just do it tomorrow instead of, and that's the day after the deadline. So I will let myself down, basically, without the accountability of someone else. That is my tendency. That is how I work. Of course, it can change, but I just know that about myself. I'm very aware of it. So then, why would I then decide to do something that's completely new, which is amazing? But knowing that it's not something that I'm comfortable with and I'm likely to procrastinate, and I have no accountability. So, the accountability is the important part. And that is the sabotaging part of this. Because I haven't added the level of accountability into that task to be able to complete that goal, I'm therefore sabotaging my success ahead of time. And it's on the subconscious level, because again, now that I've brought it up and it's in my awareness, okay, now it's conscious. But if I've noticed, okay, every single time I decide to do something new that I feel very uncomfortable with, I set myself a deadline and I never seem to be able to uphold it, I'm able to look back at my patterns to be like, what is happening here? Why do I keep just breaking my commitments to myself? Like, what is going on? What do I need to change? Like, questioning that. This is the kind of thing that I have been working on for quite a while because I've been picking up on certain habits and patterns that are not serving me and they're sabotaging my success. I want to be able to grow a business to get to X amount to serve this amount of people. But in order for me to do that, there's certain things that I may not be comfortable with that I need to put in place. However, when I therefore don't put accountability as part of a layer to help me get there, that's me purposely self-sabotaging. I'm self-sabotaging my success because maybe my thoughts are, "What well, if I do have a full roster of clients, am I going to have any time to myself? Or if I do put this video out or blog out and it goes viral, what if I get negative comments and I don't know how to deal with it? Like these are all examples. I know that other people think these things. And when you really follow your thoughts all the way down to what that success looks like, and if you was to get successful on your measurement of success, what would that mean? What sacrifice are you making that you believe that that success is going to take away from you, that you're therefore fearful of and you don't actually want to happen because you've already ahead of time thought, well, if this thing happens, the worst case scenario is going to come true. And that is where sabotaging can come up Because it's very, 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 very subtle. Very subtle. Only when you follow your thought all the way down to like what would success look like and what do you feel like you have to give up to have that. That's usually going to be able to give you the answers of the fear that's at the end of that goal. Because as much as we're always going for goals and we're always working really hard towards things, we could do so much better if we knew what we were scared of at the end of that because there's a such thing as fear of success it's absolutely huge and it's incredibly subtle everybody talks about fear of failure and of course that's there it's a lot more apparent but this fear of success is huge because we believe that there is some level of danger there's a threat at the end of that quote-unquote success there's a sacrifice. There's something that's going to be taken away from you in order for you to be able to have that. And that again is a distorted thought. Like it's a thinking that we have to look at. When it comes to like the sabotaging of success, that is so important for you to be able to start diving into because imposter syndrome will show up 100% through that because then you can start doubting yourself, you can undervalue your progress, just so you don't have to deliver on that task that you know, that's going to help you get to your end goal. And it's subtly self-sabotage. And another way could be burnout. <laughs> I mean, this podcast is all about burnout. And it's huge, again, because these, all of these symptoms really do feel off each other. They're not all isolated, they're not all separate, they actually are all of them you can feel them all at different stages and burnout is another one where when you don't feel like you deserve the things that you've achieved then you're gonna run yourself into the ground to prove a point to someone else because you're coming from a place of well I'm not worthy anyway so let me just keep going and just behaving on autopilot. You're not thinking about anything. You're not feeling your emotions. You're just pushing through them, suppressing them, and you're just going. You're not really taking into consideration how you are feeling. You're not looking at the actions that you're taking and assessing them. If they're working, if they're not working, what to do differently. You're not being conscious Of anything that's going on in your life, you're just going, going, going really to outrun a certain negative emotion that you don't want to feel disappointment, anger, jealousy, envy, despair, any emotion, whatever that emotion is, and whatever it's linked to, you're running away from that. It could be loneliness, you can feel lonely. And you don't want to feel lonely. So you keep yourself busy. You keep yourself busy. You keep working. You keep saying yes to things that you really don't have the capacity for. But because you're like, well, I don't want to be by myself. So you just say yes, yes, yes. And you burn yourself out. So from a perspective of, well, you don't feel like you deserve the things that you've achieved anyway. You're not ever going to be looking at the things that you've achieved anyway, when you are on route to burnout, because you Not stopping long enough to pay attention to anything. So again, like imposter syndrome can feel very specific as to I just feel like a fraud. But really, when you re-dive into it, it's like, well, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel worthy, you don't feel of deserving, you don't feel enough. And when you don't feel enough, You just continue to just keep outrunning or trying to outrun whatever that emotion is. It could be pain, sadness. It could be grief. It could be so many different painful emotions that you do not want to access, you don't want to think about. And you just buffer with work, with doing too much. You can even burn yourself out through over-exercising right? Like you're just continuing to go without paying attention to where you're going. And then the final one is setting unrealistic expectations. And this could be very heavily linked to burnout because with burnout, as we know, you have a certain level of expectation, but really you don't have the capacity to achieve it. You will keep going until you physically can't go anymore. And that's, you know, severe levels of burnout. But ultimately, you're in a perspective of, well, you've let go of your self-worth anyway. You don't want to feel this negative, sad, grief, painful emotion. So you're going to work, work, work and say yes to everything that you really don't have the capacity for. And therefore means that you're expecting yourself to do more than you actually have to give which is unrealistic. It's not realistic based on the capacity you have. But because you're not in a space of paying attention to it, you are not going to see it as unrealistic. You're just going to, you know, criticise yourself a little bit more, be quite harsh and really just keep on going until you can't anymore. So imposter syndrome can really show up in a place of saying yes to things that you really don't have the capacity to deliver on and again it's coming from a place of not feeling enough not feeling worthy so in order for you to feel of value to someone you've got to say yes you've got to say yes to them because then if you're saying yes to them then at least you're pleasing someone (laughs) not pleasing yourself but you're pleasing someone but you could feel like it's pleasing you and I am talking from experience when it comes to being a people pleaser, 100%. I'm starting to love my people pleasing, you know, but I'm very, very aware of what it is. When I'm saying yes to some things, I'm saying no to myself. Whereas before, when I was very, very unaware of it, I was saying yes and it made me feel needed. It made me feel valued. It made me feel of worth to someone. And to me, that's how I therefore measured my value, my worthiness of myself against all the things that I would do for others and be like, well, Ashley's going to be the person to do it. I can rely on her. She's that person that I can always come to for that thing. And then over time you realise like, but I don't have the capacity to do this. I don't really even want to do it. And you start to feel bitter about certain things or you feel resentful about certain things. And that's when you know, like you're doing things that are against your capacity. You're doing things against the beliefs that you have. You're doing things that are against your Mm -hmm. desires. And being a people pleaser or having people pleasing tendencies, this can come up quite a lot when it comes to setting unrealistic expectations, where you're saying yes to things that you actually can't deliver on but you're doing it for the sake of pleasing someone else, feeling of worth to someone else, because that's truly at the core. Imposter syndrome can be very clear, flashy, yes, I feel like a fraud, I shouldn't be doing this, but it also can be incredibly subtle of feeling self-doubt quite a lot that are masked as oh, you just shouldn't be doing this. Maybe you should do it tomorrow. Like those real subtle kind of dismissive thoughts that you're like, oh yeah, that's just who I am. Those are the thoughts I have. That's just normal. No, we can question them. We can get curious about them. Have a think about it. Is it really just a thought or is it self-doubt? Disguised for imposter syndrome. And the second one, again, undervaluing your progress. Also sabotaging your success. Again, the real, real subtle one feeling incredibly burnt out and being real with yourself because you're setting unrealistic expectations, saying a lot of yeses to what really are no's. I want you to reflect back on certain things because when I'm talking there's going to be key things that will come up in your mind and I want you to get curious about those things. Take one at a time, don't do them all but just choose one and be like, Which one of these, one, two, three, four, or five, do I feel like I am displaying through my behavior, through my actions, through the outcomes that you have created recently towards a particular goal? And the question is Does that feel and look like imposter syndrome? Is it possible? Am I actually displaying symptoms of imposter syndrome? And if I am, what can I do about that how can I help to overcome that not get rid of it but just flip it around for it to be of more of a service to you than a hindrance so that could look like instead of self-doubt you have self-compassion to be like I'm doing great I've done incredibly well This is 100% going to work. I've got so much experience. Instead of undervaluing your progress, valuing it. So I have gone from zero to 20 email subscribers in the last six months. Incredible work. Like that's 20 human beings that have said yes to whatever it is I've offered to hear from me in their inbox. Do you know how valuable that is to have someone's email address? to be able to have access to them anytime you want to talk to them. 20 people, if I had 20 people in my living room, I would feel like I have a full house. How incredibly valuable is that? Like that progress I would have over and over again. If I had just 20 people that were interested in working with me, I would have a full-time business. And then instead of self-sabotaging your success, it's enhancing your success. Knowing that being held accountable is something that you know needs to be done. You put it in place straight away. It's one of the first things you do. You decide what you're doing, whatever the task is, whatever that small goal is. And you decide that in order for me to hit this goal, and I'm going to hit it, I need to be able to be held accountable by someone. So I need to speak to a friend. I need to speak to a business friend. I need to hire a coach. I need to hire a mentor. I need to hire a freelancer to help me get this project, this task on track to be achieved by X point. And I had to do that with my podcast. I know I would have sabotaged my success of this podcast if I decided that I was going to edit it myself because I've done it before. But as much as I like editing, it's not something that I feel that is useful for my time. And if I do it too often, I get very bored. <laughs> so I won't do it. So I'm like, no, I'm going to hire a head editor. Accountability. In order for me to produce this podcast on a biweekly basis, I have to be able to, one, record it, which is the part I really enjoy. But two, get it edited is a part that I I can use my time elsewhere. It's something I don't really enjoy. I can do it, but it therefore wouldn't be on time. And I can be very honest with that. I wouldn't release it on a Tuesday every other week if it was just down to me. So I've purposely put in accountability to hold me accountable to produce this podcast on time every other week as a commitment that I've made. So that is me enhancing my success and not sabotaging it. Instead of burnout, it's looking at rest taking pauses, listening to your body, being more intentional with your time and what you do. And then instead of setting unrealistic expectations, setting realistic ones, knowing what you know you can do quite easily. And then what's that next level? Just that next step. Then that's that little gap of that. You stretching yourself a little bit. It's not overly too much, not going step 10. You're just going the next one. Right, you have good, great, amazing. What would great look like? Right, good. You know you could do it if your eyes closed. Great, you're like yes, I'd love to achieve that, and I know that I can do that. I have the capacity to do that, and it's about looking at your capacity, your energy levels, your time, your schedule. Can you say yes to this thing? Can you truly deliver on it and give it your all? Could you deliver it to a great level? Or is it going to be just a good? And if you know it's just going to be a good, then don't say yes to it. Say no. And that's okay. No judgment. Literally, you're helping yourself. You're being intentional with self-care. That is the way in order for you to start moving and overcoming imposter syndrome is looking at each one of these symptoms and flipping them, taking action from that place because your intentions are now different. Your energy behind it is now different. Your emotion, more importantly, behind it it's completely different so the outcome of those results are not going to be fearful which is the imposter syndrome part it's actually going to be from a place of success ahead of time confidence belief high levels of esteem ahead of time and even on route to that you can still course correct because you now have the awareness of like well imposter syndrome could show up at any point even when you've decided like I'm going to set realistic expectations. And if something else comes up and your natural pattern, again, is to say yes to everything without thinking, it's like you still have time to course correct. Even if you do what you've been doing for how long, you you believe yourself doubtful for, you still have time to believe it, be aware of it, and then change it. Always have time. It's never too late. So remember, positive syndrome is not necessarily the worst thing if you allow it to control and dictate what you're doing and your success going forward. It can actually be really good of service because you can pinpoint it, course correct it, and then change the outcome of wherever it is that you're going. So I hope this episode has been helpful to you. I hope that you've been able to start to understand yourself a little bit more Please do let me know in the poll if you're a Spotify listener. Vote in the poll of this episode and let me know your answer. Until next time, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do subscribe. And if you're thinking of someone you know that needs to hear today's message, please share this episode with them. And remember... No one needs to travel alone. We are all in this together. Catch you on the next episode.